Welcome back to another Fun Stash podcast. I'm your host, James Davis McAllister, and today uh, we got a little uh, new little series here called Cap or Stash um, that I'm going to do a controversial series, a raw, uncut, unfiltered um, series about myself coming from the metal scene 16 you know, plus years, transferring into and being heavily entrenched into the hip-hop R&B scene, um, rap scene, as a manager, tour manager, um, artist development, my company, Hardy Haven Entertainment LLC, and what my true, you know, unadulterated thoughts are uh, about the transition and everything, and and just a lot of things that uh, a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Um, but I'm not gonna bite my tongue on them anymore. So, with that said, I want to shout out our brand, Beard Products, for sponsoring this episode of From the Stash Podcast, as well as Diffuse Network on Roku. You can download them on Roku, uh, and litchat.com, uh, go to Google, uh, play store or iOS store and type in L I T chat with two T's at the end. That's L I T C H A T T. Uh, it is a social media site that I am a part of that is up and going and we'd love for you to be a part of it. We got live streaming, uh, the beta for live streaming going on there. And anyways, just wanted to give a shout out to those sponsors real quick of the podcast. Um, now, you know, I don't even know a good way to start this out. The only thing I can say is that, you know, a lot of people will be shocked about the things that I had to say, but anyone who knows me knows that I dropped out of high school, blah, 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 to be a front man in a metal band and, and kind of never looked back. I had my daughter about almost five years ago, it'd be March 29th, it'd be five years ago. And I knew that I had to do something with my life because I wasn't going to be able to raise my kid being a frontman in a band. So I started my company, Hard of Haven Entertainment, LLC. Um, and I actually won local business person of the year this year out of, there were 7 million businesses. And in my, uh, my area, my region, my area, there were 603 and I, and I uh, was number one. Um, there were only 3,940 winners uh, out of 7 million. So that was pretty cool. Anyways, um, that all, that's all because of the hip hop rap scene, you know, R&B scene, you know, I've got to say, I found a home in this scene. Uh, and, and a lot of people might be shocked by that or whatever, cause I'm not your prototypical hip hop fan or whatever. In fact, I'm not even that big of a rapper hip hop fan, you know? Um, however, you know, it has just changed my life in the past two and a half years. I got to give a big thanks to uh, Steph Turner, Flames of God, uh, my brother, father, uh, godfather, and my daughter now. <laughs> Never would have thought that, you know, even three years ago. Anyways, he uh, hired me to be his manager and tour manager in 2021, early 2021, uh, February. Um, and we went on the No Curfew tour starting in March. Long story short, it kind of, if anybody knows who Flames of God is, I mean, he's... <laughs> You know, he's a pretty goddamn big deal. If you don't know who he is, search up Flames Oh God and, and you'll find out who he is. Um, and it kind of like skyrocketed me. You know, Sony was a sponsor of that tour and it, it really skyrocketed me. You know, I remember that summer we uh, we had a, a show with Twista, Luke Nasty, Doobie, um, Cameron Airborne. Um, so it was, you know, I mean, being in charge of that and stuff, it was nerve wracking. But however, it gave me a platform. And, and I got to say this, I've made more money in less than three years than basically the whole entire time I did 16 years doing the metal shit. Um, now I'll say this, I didn't take the metal stuff super serious. I was just, you know, as a front man, I was just out there, you know, doing my thing. 
having fun more or less. I mean, I took it serious, but at the same time, I, it wasn't a business to me really. Um, so yeah, uh, this has taught me a lot of things. I, I didn't have haters quote unquote or whatever until I started doing this and guess where all the haters came from the metal scene. Um, you know, I come to kind of find out the metal scene is kind of scummy. Uh, now it's not kind of, it is. It's very, very, very racist. Number one, I'll just be honest with you, it is. <clears throat> Number two, it's very um, fake. Um, it's it's full of very toxic negative energy. Now, that's not to say that the rap industry isn't. However, the rap industry is much different. Um, I've been accepted in it way quicker and way easier than I was in the metal scene. And not just that, but I, I'm, I'm highly respected um, because I, I myself, I don't try to be, you know, I fit out, not in. So... But, but what I've come to learn is, is that this is where I belong uh, in many different ways. Uh, you know, and one of those ways is, you know, I've helped break down doors for Steph even flames and a lot of these black artists that otherwise couldn't get into venues in certain areas because the color of their fucking skin and the music they play. Well, me being the metal guy, I'm, have, I am and shit and been doing it for 20 years. They're like, oh yeah, James, book a rap show. Duh, duh, you know, and it's just like, it's kind of sickening to be honest. It kind of makes me sick. Uh, it's really like that, you know, because I didn't realize, you know, what white privilege was or none of that shit or, or how uh, racist the world really was or how much bullshit, you know, black people went through until I went on tour with Steph. And I mean, you know, I, we incurred multiple instances of racism, uh, West Virginia and Indiana um, and Ohio, um, you know, there were multiple uh, situations and they were really sad to, to think that, that, you know, uh, any black person in the world goes through those types of things every day. Um, but you know, I, you, you always get, and you always hear, you know, the rap scenes, violence, a bunch of hood, hoodlums, do, 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 you know, and I've come to find out it's the exact opposite of that. You know how many fights I've had at rap shows? Take a, just, I'll wait. None. Fucking zero. So many shows I've had, or fights I've had in metal show. There's almost one every single show. Um. You know, these rap shows are laid back, they're they're chill, the vibe is so much cool. You know, I, I felt weird. I run a venue called the Oregon Pub in my hometown of Sebring, Ohio, which is very fucking white. It's pretty much all white. Anyways, long story short, there was you know, I've been doing a lot of rap shows there. Well, I was in there the other night and it was like all white people and it was like rock music and it, and I felt uncomfortable. I, I literally did not feel comfortable. I felt unsafe. And I, it might sound crazy and weird, but it's the truth. Um, but I don't it, it rap shows, you know, at all whatsoever. I, I feel very laid back and comfortable. Um, and I think it's important that that's said. And I think it's important that people hear this. Um, and all my metal brethren out there, you know, uh, it's been a breath of fresh air. It's kind of reinvigorated my 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 career and it's made me, you know, work even harder, you know, like I said, and I, I mean, I met such amazing people through it. Like I said, you know, Steph Turner flames, God, you know, the Godfather of my daughter, um, you know, I've met Nicasso Turpin who ironically enough, my grandfather was neighbors to his grandfather, which was Ira Turpin, who was the first, uh, black president or president, first black judge in Stark County in Canton, Ohio. And like, it was just, it's odd because anybody knows me knows I think Nicasso is the best rapper in the world, but like the impact is like, we didn't, and, and I didn't even realize this till about a year into working with Nicasso. My mom's like, wait, is he related to Ira? And I, and I asked Nicasso, I said, yeah. So 
it's it, what I'm getting at is that I have been enlightened in so many different ways. And just, I've been, you know, can I say this? I, I've, I've found way more joy in this than, than anything. Like my mental health awareness shows May 27th. Uh, it's my fourth one. Everybody knows I donate it to a cause or whatever. This year I'm donating it to grind mode, uh, Music Academy, which is out of Pittsburgh, ran by Dion Dupree. It's a nonprofit for 10 years, 10 year olds to 18 year olds, um, where they can learn for free, uh, the industry, right? Whether it's producing, mixing, mastering, writing raps, whatever it may be, promoting, booking, whatever for free. So that's where the money will be donated for that. That's how much it's touched me, you know, where my whole focus has become the rap, uh, community, not just the rap music. Um, so make this one nice, quick, short, and sweet. See what y'all think of it. Uh, Cause I got some stories to tell. Let me tell you, you know, and again, listen, you know, no hate towards the metal community or rap community or whatever, but, but like, you gotta understand these are my thoughts. These are my opinions. These are my uh, situations and what I've formulated through ex personal experience, you know? So, you know, you can take it for what you want, but you, you really need to understand that, that y'all really got to stop judging books by their cover. And you also got to fucking stop, perpetuating the past and, and you really really the next time you see a hip-hop show give it a chance and go to it just go to it just do me a favor and go to it just do that for me um if you're one of those people out there that's like fuck that shit fuck that music you know um just do me a favor and go and i promise you'll you'll change your mind um once again, this is James Davis McAllister. Uh, I really appreciate you guys checking us out and much love to y'all. And there'll be another one of these here soon. And sorry for the absence on the podcast. Man, that's why, that is why I like you because you ain't afraid to jump in and dive into some of these topics, especially being from the other side of the fence. The fact is, it doesn't make you uncomfortable to talk about these issues and get your guests on. That's what separates you from a lot of other people because some people they don't want to sit down and talk about these very issues and you get guests on man your, your podcast is going to be a household name at the rate you want so keep up the good work man keep getting these guests on and keep having a wide variety of subjects to talk about hopefully one of these days i'll be like you Welcome back to another From the Stash podcast. This is your host, James Davis McAllister, and uh, welcome back to another installment of Capper Stash, my unadulterated, unfiltered, uncensored thoughts and stories of true stories of me being a metal frontman and going from being a metal frontman for, you know, almost 17 years to turned into uh, hip hop, R&B management, uh, tour manager, etc., um, and with this episode of Capper Stash, this, this installment, um, I'm going to keep this one really short. It's just going to be about, oh, a couple of situations on tour, um, that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, in 2021, I was on the no curfew tour. I was the tour manager for, uh, my, my, myself. Uh, I was the tour manager representing my company, Heart of Haven Entertainment LLC for Flames of God. Um, and it was sponsored by Sony Music, a Catholic clothing, um, TMZ, a uh, few other big, big names, legendary lifestyles, uh, grime mode, music worldwide, et cetera, et cetera. Shout out uncle Polly, shout out, uh, TMZ, shout out Catholic, shout out, um, Dion anyways. And this was in May and we were in West Virginia. Um, at a, I, I won't say the name of the venue cause I love this venue. And when we play there still, 
However, it was in West Virginia. And um, I remember we had had the place till about 2.30 in the morning. Well, anyways, long story short, we the cops were circling around, circling around. And of course, you know, we were all smoking, everybody's smoking butt out in the back. Now I, I very rarely did, but during the shows, but people were smoking butt out in the back. Well, anyways, the cops came and yada, yada, yada. Well, uh, shout out uncle Polly. He, he tells DJ Shaka, Hey, run it. And he run, they run, fuck the police, fuck the police, fuck them. Here come the police in there and stuff, trying to shut us down, telling us, Oh, you guys can't do this, yada, yada, yada. And then, um, well, once they found out, quote unquote, I was in charge, though I really, truly wasn't. Really, the people running this tour are Uncle Polly and Flames of God, uh, Steph Turner. But they, I was the, you know, face uh, of the tour management. So I was the one, you know. Anyways, and I, I remember asking the cop, I was like, well, is it because they're black? What if it were metal music? And then that was played, would you care? And they, you know, and they, they wanted to say, oh, no, it's got nothing to do with that. You can't just, you can't be disrespectful to uh, law officers, yada, yada, yada. And I remember asking the one, well, excuse me, sir, this is a private establishment and, and with your firearm on your side, that's disrespectful to me and, and my clientele who are mostly of, of black color because they are nervous and scared that you may shoot them. So with all due respect, can I ask you to take your gun off? Long story short, he didn't. Um, long story short, we kept the show going as long as we could, though, but we did have to end about an hour early. Um, now, if you guys want me to get into real nitty nitty details of that, I will. Okay, now, next, we were in Indiana. We were in um, Mishawaka, Indiana, right outside of South Bend, um, where Notre Dame University is. And we're walking down the road and to the next venue we had that night. And I just hear a car drive by and scream the N-word. You fucking, you fucking, you know, N-word, n n n n n and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and it didn't phase any of the people. I wouldn't now mind you, I'm one of like two white people that it's in this whole group, about 20 people total. They kind of just shrugged it off, whatever. And I snapped for the first time. And I remember Flame saying, well, get him then, you know, eat him, eat him, eat him, Pitbull. Because he always says he's going to send me to eat people because I, long story short, I got in a fight with my brother once and I bit his temple out. Anyways, it really got to me the first time because this is like the third or fourth time I really experienced racism. Like I, you know, never really experienced it like that. Well, Long story short, you know, it got to a point after about the third car drove by. I was a woman. We saw her go into this bar. Well, a couple of my artists, uh, uh, Pharaoh, Kai, and uh, KB the Goddess uh, at the time, they, they chased this girl into to this this bar and cornered her, you know, for calling me in and stuff. And I remember we had to get him, you know, I, me and Steph and Uncle Paul, I had to go over and get them and stuff. Well, anyways, um, that night, the venue essentially that we were supposed to play at, just like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we don't have our liquor license. La, 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 la. We can't do the show, blah, 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 blah. Like out of nowhere, right? Now, mind you, we traveled far, right? From Cleveland, Ohio area, all the way to Mishawaka, Indiana. And it was just, it was mind numbing, right? Um, and I can remember, um, shout out Flowstorm. We'd stayed, um, me, uh, Nicasso, and Mr. Louie, we had stayed on his apartment floor during these two dates. Cause I had Flowstorm on these two dates too. And I remember Flowstorm saying, you know, where he was, where he lived. Uh, he's like, you know, this is the home of the KKK, you know? And I'm like, damn, whoa. I didn't realize it was that bad. And I can remember sitting out on the porch and, and the neighbors just all staring at him and stuff. He's like, Oh yeah, it's like this all the time. It's like this all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember it got to a point where I wrote a neighbor and I was like, excuse me, sir, can I help you? He's like, he just looked at me. I was like, seriously, can I help you? You keep staring over and I can't help, but wonder if you need something. 
And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, no, I don't need anything. So I walked away. And I remember Flo Storm saying, you know, hey, Marcel Jones saying, hey, leave, leave him be, leave him be. And I'm like, no, man, fuck that. I'm tired of this shit. So this is just a short little installment of two times I experienced uh, racism. And again, if you want me to extend on these stories, let me know. But I'm going to cut it right there. Um, uh, I love every one of you guys. Keep your heads up. And uh, remember, fit out, not in.